Hey, it's Keen. I'm trigger warning briefly about mental health, so please skip forward until you hear the music if this is not what you want to hear. I want to dedicate this episode to someone in my life who is also a fan of the show, who lost their battle with mental health this week. She was such a fan of Drag Race and found such joy in the camp silliness of the show. Some of you may have encountered her in the comments online or some of the Pod live shows. She was always dressed in the most colourful and sparkly outfit and was always laughing and smiling. Binky, this one is for you. The world sparkles a little less without you here. Okay, back to the show. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Fear not, tis only pee-pee. My name's Kean. <laughs> and you're listening to Sissy That Pod. This is episode 7 of Drag Race UK, season 5, which I think might be the most unpredictable season of Drag Race ever. Who Rue could be going home next week. Which is a bigger gag for you. Caramel going home or Girls Aloud reforming? Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we'll save it for the main part of the episode. Joining us this week is Charlie Slays. He's joined us before on the podcast and it's great to have him back now for his home territory of the UK. Also, people who are listening who are in the Dublin area, I am hosting a charity table quiz the big gay christmas quiz is on on the 15th of december in the bernard shaw with miss roots and miss taken all money going to lgbt ireland tickets are on event right now it's gonna be fun so hopefully i should see you there charlie slays thank you so much for coming back on sissy that pod we have discussed american drag we've discussed spanish drag but finally it's your time to discuss your native drag. How have you found season five? Oh, I'm absolutely loving it so far. Look, it's the season that I thought was going to be absolute chaos. And uh, people are kind of unsure. All those rumours of only 100 queens applied and this will be the last UK one. And I think that good for these queens because they have come on and put on a show every week. And I think that it's been one of the best UK seasons we've had. I think all the queens are... They've got a different aspect of drag personality. They've a really good mix. Lots of regional queens, which always helps. I think they bring the the humour, the comedy, the the British camp that we love for our drag to the season. And um, yeah, it's been banging so far. Really enjoying it. And I've been loving listening on to Sissy This Pod. And you guys have been really enjoying it and having a great time talking about it. Glad to get in. Yeah, (laughs) no problem. I made Uh, it, bitches. I got on the UK one. I made it. Um, I think it's worth just discussing some extra show content this week because they mentioned it this week. So Vicky Vivacious has been doing interviews this week and had been kind of just discussing that her and Banksy don't talk. There seems to be a legit beef there. 
I haven't really heard Banksy respond to it, but like, it's kind of, I don't know, I, I personally didn't think it looked that great on Vicky in the interviews. Then at the start of this episode, there's that shade that's thrown, the caramel is wondering what it is about her, someone who's too loud. And it's like, it, it's almost like the first time someone has got the villain at it as soon as they've left the show. It's, it's kind of strange. Um, yeah, I think Vicky, um, she had a bit of a spiky persona on the show. And I think that she's just one of those queens where she's like, she's just going to speak her mind, whether that's for the good or the better. And is probably not scared of expressing her opinion. I think these queens have to be careful when you're fresh off the race. The fan reaction is quite hardcore. And um, I think, you know, she's kind of playing with fire a little bit, going straight into interviews and being a bit shady. I think if the queens are in on the joke, it's all good. If they're not in on that joke with you, it could be a bit tricky for her going forward. I disagree. I think people are making a cream tea out of a scone of this. They, I don't think it's all that. I think, because I saw one of the interviews she did, I think it was with Ella Day, and like, she just said, like, we don't speak. But it's not, they just didn't, they just don't speak. They did, I think she said, we don't go out for coffee, but some people don't drink coffee. You don't, you don't go out with everyone all the time. Like, how many people have you worked with that the minute you've stopped working with them months later... You don't talk to Deirdre anymore. Deirdre's gone. She was never really a friend of yours. You don't care. And the most of you that she wrote in the lipstick, like, I think that is, it's, it's very tame. I don't think she's done anything too bitchy. And it's like, we're desperate for this villain. And like, the worst thing she's done is be Cornish and push Charlie Craggs, which I'm never <laughs> going to forgive her for. But she's not really done that much, I don't think. And I don't know whether the most of you really meant anyone in particular. She might have meant... I just like most of something about you. Like, I like your shoes, I like your dress, but your face, not a fan. You know, it could have been like that. I think unfair. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sticky with Vicky and stick up for her. Look, I agree. I don't think she's done anything that, you know, that bad. It's just spoken her truth. But I mean, there's, there's media training for a reason. And, you know, you can, you can poke the bear and you can not poke the bear. And like, fine, you might not speak to Deirdre after you leave a job. But she might not not talk to her. And it sounds like that she specifically said that, like, they don't get on. And I guess it's just... I don't think she's done anything wrong. I just think it's a poor PR move when Banksy was so loved to come out the next week and be like, nah. Yeah, and maybe in the words of Dee, she's just trying to stay relevant. <laughs> it's working. It's working. <laughs> we're talking about her. She went last week because she's already the first thing we're talking about. So, you know, and these queens have got to do what they've got to do in a way because you know once you're kind of off the program it's like how do you keep that relevance kind of going and um i agree with you i think that she she hasn't done anything wrong you know she's just got to um i think it's, it's important to see how banksy will respond to that do, do we know what banksy kind of said in return has there been any kind of if there's nothing then i think there's nothing you know I did see the one thing that I did see Banksy post and I feel absolutely robbed is did you see her post what she was going to do for Snatch Game? Oh my God, it was so good. Yes. It was. It was um, <laughs> it's a really good clip. you got to see it. It's um, like just in a ski mask and it's Banksy, but it's like actually crossed out Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Lorraine Kelly. I'm not Banksy. <laughs> As in like the artist Banksy. And it just yeah. seemed... Oh my god, the con it was just like concept. It works. I'm already and it's like literally just a fifteen second clip, but it's probably my favourite part of this year's snatch game already. <laughs> we didn't even get to <laughs> no, see I any saw... questions answered. I saw the heart look and that looked amazing, but I didn't see the snatch game preview. So yeah, I don't know if it only came out today or yesterday, but yeah, I was I was invested. 
And it, I love great. that. It's it, like Vicky's gone to the Rita school, the Rita Aura school of relevancy. It's like, Rita Aura, we're talking about you. And Banksy's like, <laughs> and I'm going to come back with that with, hello, talent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. And may this feud run on forever. So I'm not sure now, babe, are you banking on Banksy or are you sticking with Vicky? You've got to pick a side. Mate, you know what I can go both. I'm, I'm being bi for once. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing both sides. Oh my god, this is why I'd never be good on a reality show, isn't it? Because I'd literally be talking to Vicky, being like, mm-hmm, babe, no, totally mm-hmm, on your side. But literally while texting Banksy at the same time, being like, this bitch. Oh no, I think that makes good reality TV because yeah, I agree. It's yeah, basically it's seen as two faced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into the mini challenge. This week was the return of the puppet challenge. I don't think they've done this. I don't think they did it last year in UK or if I've forgotten it. I feel it's been a while since I've seen some puppets. They, they've they kind of taken it out of rotation. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to stay in rotation after the, <laughs> this week. So I'll run through who got who and then we can discuss uh, you know our thoughts overall as a, as a mini challenge. Kara uh, got Ginger. Tamara got Michael Maruli, who I've written out as Mike here. Ginger got Kate, Michael got Caramel, Dee got Tamara, and Kate got DD. Um I don't know why I thought more of them would be better than this than they were. I think, you know, Kate, I think, started off okay with the chopsticks and the mediocre reveal, and they all just seemed to trail off into nothingness. And then some of them were awful. Cara, Caramel didn't do great. Tamara just basically said goodbye after <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> Dee Dee struggled as well. Michael Marulli wasn't too bad and Ginger wasn't too bad. I see they were probably the, my two favourite. Charlie, what yeah, did you think? Yeah, Kate was, I think, my biggest disappointment because I was really like, Kate's going to give us something brilliant. She's going to give us something funny. Who did she have? She had Dee Dee, didn't she? And I thought she could have like, played off on that quite a lot. And um, it was just a bit of a flat line. And then Tamara, look, Tamara was terrible. But what I love about Tamara, she reminds people in life where even when she realizes the room isn't with her and she's not fun anymore, she just laughs at herself. And then you're backing on the joke because she's got it. She's like, yeah, this is fucking awful. Let's get rid of this. Let's move on. And so even when she's not funny, I find her funny. And that was kind of the same, maybe in the challenge as well, going ahead later on. Ginger kind of saved a day with the besmirching the legacy of Kate Bush jokes. And um, what else? Um, uh, it's the only badge I've got with her name badge. Like, she's just some quick little quips that's what you need on a puppet challenge and she kind of saved it because other than that it was literally where are the jokes no i actually think that was a really apt description and you're so right about tomorrow like i just for one minute would love to hate her but i can't she's just so (laughs) endearing even when she's terrible at everything it just i just i don't know i love her um I felt like Kate got a bit of a wagon wheel edit. It's not a wagon wheel, but I wrote this in my notes earlier and I can't think still an hour later what the word is. What is it when it's the the dusty thing that blows? Cool, cool. Oh, tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Yeah, Yeah, she got the wagon wheel tumbleweed edit. Um, And I don't don't know why it wasn't that bad, but yeah, I suppose we did expect better. But do they really only get 15 minutes? They said they had 15 minutes to do up those pantos and not pantos those puppets and like, that's, <laughs> that's not very long i don't believe they because in that they've also got to write the jokes in 15 minutes mm, and yeah. it's a bit like that molly may you know where she's like in my 24 hours i can do this like everyone's got the same 24 hours i don't believe on drag race they have the same 15 minutes that i have it takes me 15 minutes to pick a sandwich in tesco <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know and i have the same thing every time i don't know how they're I mean, taking 
that look, long. the puppets looked rough and the jokes pretty much weren't there. So I think they probably did. <laughs> yeah. When you said rise the jokes, <laughs> That's I... That's the problem. They should have given them an hour. We might have laughed yeah. a bit more. <laughs> it was. But some people did all right, didn't they? Like, Michael's was all right yeah. as well. That was a good, solid read. Yeah. I think he, he had a great star with it as well. But yeah, Ginger really did take that. Um, I also like that Rue came in casual wear. Are we expecting, yeah. like, a new product launch? Cat casual wear or something hitting TK Maxx anytime soon. I thought she was um, channeling some Gok Wan in that look. I don't know oh. what it was. It's like about like Gok Wan about to do like an episode of Looking Good Naked in Ruse with like joggers and hoodie kind of referencing. I don't know. It was all a bit kind of, it was fun though. Rue doesn't care on Drag Race UK and I found that every season. Rue just comes in there and enjoys it. He comes to the UK for a two week jolly and has a right old laugh. And I think that that's, wasn't it in the UK season when he had that weird, like, look like a Sims character outfit or something? And it was like, what is going on? Like, it was that cardboard thing with, like, square glasses. Like, yeah, but it's... Rue doesn't really care. Well, I think he was dressed in his pyjamas because the runway theme was Pajamarama. I think that was one of the oh, time. And, and this good. episode was called Pajamarama, and it's rare for the episodes to be named after the runway when there's a, when there's a maxi challenge. So I don't know what that was about. But they were going to call yeah, it Vicky think... Favacious Push Me, but for legal reasons, <laughs> we had to change it. They were going to call it Dark the series. I think they should have gone with that. <laughs> uh, okay, so because Ginger won the challenge, she gets to assign the teams. She chose Kate and she put Cara with Michael and Tamara with Didi. She said she wasn't strategic. This was a pretty strategic move. She obviously wanted to split up Cara and Michael. I think... The other way you do this is you put Kara and Dee Dee together because they were the two weakest and then you guarantee they're in the bottom but then you risk losing to maybe Tamara and Michael. So I think she chose the option to make sure she was in the top and whoever went home went home. Um, I think she did a good job with that. I feel like she just picked the person she knew she could work with. I think Kate is Kate is reliable. You know, you know the style that they're going to go with and you know how you're going to be able to work with them and I think Ginger knew she could work with that. And whereas, like, Tamara, God lover, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. You know that Tamara will be fine, but acting opposite that could be pretty tough. Same with Cara, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think you that... Could, Michael. I mean, Tamara, you know that she's loved by Rue. Rue has got a real soft spot for Tamara. So part of me would be like, okay, I'm going to go with this one that they're actually living for at the moment. And hopefully that will help me. If I feel like I might struggle in this challenge, that will pull me through. But because Ginger knows she's already going to do okay in this challenge, she needed a sidekick, not someone who was going to kind of almost steal the light a little bit. And I think she was very kind to Kate during this challenge. And I think she gave Kate a lot of breathing space to let Kate kind of have that win. I think she was, you know, like, little, she can do it this week. Let's, she's actually got a decent bit of fucking kick to wear on the runway. She can do it this week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what acting is, isn't it? It's like working as a team. You're a partnership. Do you know what I mean? It's all about reacting, isn't that what they say? Reacting. Um, <laughs> <Ruacting>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into these um, original dramas, screenplays, whatever you're calling them. First up, was footballers wags it was michael and cara they were was it champagne and tanya first question why are they wearing the same dress yes second question were they not dressed as the sugar babes in the about you now video is that not what they were going for <laughs> Lemon i don't heaven. think so <laughs> i mean they it's were but, I think that was meant to be, but they were <laughs> yeah 
I forgot that the sugar babies were the only women to ever wear yellow. That's my. Oh my god, they invented it. Do you not know? Um, yeah, and then also it was a bit funny to see a footballer. I mean, footballers aren't famously that tall, but like the footballer to be a good bit smaller than both the broads. He's like seeing. Yeah, at the but same can we time. talk about the pit crew quickly? Who had the best three accents of the whole day? Like he had yeah. all three accents and killed it. Like he did great. He should have won the challenge. Absolute range. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They got range. a theater theater <laughs> pit crew in a Tespian. Um, can you be nominated for a best supporting actor BAFTA for an appearance in a reality? <laughs> competition show <laughs> no i don't think you can oh. <laughs> you have to be in a drama yeah um right come on Aaron, Aaron, read emails find... to BAFTA. we need that category next year. I know. <laughs> best unnamed acting performance in a reality tv he was named his name was stefan and then he was also called something in the other ones i don't know because by the other times he was in sexier outfits and i was just really invested in the character <laughs> character of course. Aaron, how did you find the Footballers' Wives? Oh, wow, I so absolutely stupid. loved Footballers' Wives. So I was very excited when they said Footballers' Wags because isn't it about time the Drag Race referenced Footballers' Wives? It was iconic. It deserves a comeback. I still watch it on YouTube. Yes, it is available. I'll send you the link. Um, I thought it was quite good. The only thing is like, and this, I felt bad as I wrote this. I was like, Cara is doing this too big and then I realised it was Footballers Wives like can you do Footballers Wives too big but yeah I think you can yeah <laughs> I think you need to build up and that's what that was what Michelle was saying like you're starting at level 10 so you've got nowhere to go and we see so many queens fall for this trap on a drag race acting challenge you know you're coming in and obviously the adrenaline's all there I mean it's a really crap situation to be in. you've got to do your rehearsal in front of like a Michelle Visage or a Rue or a Carson you know what I mean so you know the anxiety and the, the actors like urge to just perform is going to be there but she definitely started too high I think Michael Marilli held the scene down quite nicely but almost took a step back a little bit I don't know I mean for me personally it was my least favorite of all three and I think that they're just there was a bit of a lack of chemistry apart from when they were both giving birth which was absolutely bloody hilarious and they nailed that 100% I thought that was a bit weird I didn't need that I actually thought the writing in the in the footballers wags one was better like some of the best writing that we've had in a while on these sort of things and actually Cara was really good at the end you know when she was just naturally oh we'll go for a drink honey like when she was sort of being herself that was that was the best acting she's done so she can do it she was just yeah maybe you're right yeah actually the best acting was when she wasn't on camera is what we're saying and I totally agree yes yes She was believable as a human being when she was herself being a human being. Yeah. Was <laughs> she needs to get into podcasting, Cara. That's, <laughs> it's obviously it's your forte. I didn't understand the final line when the footballer was like, oh, actually, I'm pregnant and you can call me mother and then walked away. That yeah, was weird. It was, like, it was weird. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's called a twist. <laughs> Haven't you heard of it? M. Night Shyamalan. It's like, it's, it's like, is it representation for trans men who can get pregnant? Are we? Go- is that what? It, I don't know. I'm confused. And it was a don't overthink it mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was like Karen and the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, we'll get into it later. But I didn't. This was not my, the worst for me. I thought it was. And I, because it had more of a story, I think. I I preferred it to Femmerdale. But let's move on to Whole Dark with Kate and Ginger. 
it was kind of giving the what was it called downton draggy challenge uh-huh. from season yeah. one kind yeah. of um and actually it was more simple because it's whatever uh, you know higher class lower class you know that sort of class difference fighting over a man i think there was some fun lines there they both delivered it excellently yeah this was this was definitely the best for everyone i think yeah, I really enjoyed it, especially the bit where they started saying like the fox is outside my window on a Sunday night every night, really just going at it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on in my world right now with this screeching and screaming? And um, I think they had some great accents. I think Kate was literally chewing that scenery up. But hey, it's Drag Race. If you can't do that in a Drag Race challenge, when can you do it? Um, and um, it's felt like they were very comfortable acting alongside each other. And I think that always makes a really good scene. I think the key to doing well in one of these challenges is working well with, I was playing well with it's like any sort of acting improv thing and Kate and Ginger just get it they get each other's timing they gave each other space to breathe and say their lines and yeah and Michelle was already pissing herself and you're like it's not you know it's going to be good when the rehearsal's funny like they just nailed it and they go to show that these are the same script writers that have done previous challenges on Drag Race that haven't gone so well it's not always about the writing it's about how it's performed and when it works together they are they are cracking little comedy moments yeah I think Actually, on that, I think like the the choice for them to do like three small stories rather than was a Big Brother before. Oh yeah, like Alexa, yeah. they've yeah. sort of flopped, and I think by keeping it um, referential and short, I actually think that was probably a wise choice from them. Oh my and God, I think you don't have to that. write as much. You can reuse the yeah. jokes, like bitch troll from hell, and then just like the same. I I liked it too. Like it was easier for them. It meant that the writing was better. And you could see each each character's, like, I wanted to say each character's development, but no character had any development <laughs> in it. But you know what I meant? Like, each um, each drag queen got to shine type thing. Or and I think not. it helps that we got shown these not right next to each other. So they showed us the scene, then we talked about the queen's runway looks it was a great way of doing it because actually i wasn't like losing interest by the second or third scene it like it let everything breathe a little bit on the episodes and i i thought it was a really nice way of doing it well that's a good observation actually i did note that it was weird that they did it and i but i didn't notice how i felt but yeah i think you're right actually that is is a better way of doing it mm. uh, and also you can remember what the queen did because you watched all three of them and then they're critiquing the first one you're kind of like oh, what did they do again so it's kind of fresh in your mind um so yeah you're right Finally then, Femmerdale was Tamara and Dee Dee. Um, can I, as locals, can I get a thumbs up, thumbs down on the Yorkshire accents? Oh my God, so I actually apparently live in Yorkshire now. <laughs> I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> I'm so bad. I don't know where I am. Where, where do you live? <laughs> yeah, um, hang on. Can I do a Yorkshire accent? Oh no. My mum's my ex-boyfriend, Stephen. Ugh. Look, what I will say it is... We're better than theirs, babe, so we're all good you, in the Thank you, go. I'm ready for my casting. Um, I can't judge, so that's What fine. I will say is their accents were better than Michelle's, and no, she didn't even need to do an accent, and yet she went for it. And she didn't need to leave that in the edit, and yet they did. So I think there's, there's tension there. Um, <laughs> I love the way that Tamara smartly gave up on her accent after maybe one line and just yeah, was after like, chopping out, chopping out and stopped. That was it. That's all it needed. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. Which is surprising because normally I'm not surprised that she didn't just do it all in her Southern Belle accent because she knew it would get a laugh. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was brave. 
Um, is chuffing hell a Yorkshire thing? <laughs> Ch- chuffing hell. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She yeah. absolutely you... chewed on that E by gum line in the. Oh, she did. Oh, she did. <laughs> that was. <laughs> But you know what I will say? You know, like, how they blame it on the edit all the time? I think they should praise on the edit because the edit really saved it. That looked like a smooth, seamless scene, which, mm-hmm. from what we saw, it were not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I try to I mean, do yours like, then halfway through? It was good. It was good. <laughs> I think, firstly, I was a little bit irritated because I I coined the term Femadel many years ago for my friends or lesbians that would argue constantly um so it was either femadel or you know dr- the drama vibe and i think definitely i'm going to go back on my tweets and see if drag race have liked any of those tweets or i've used that phrase in the past because rumor owe me some money okay i'm gonna get my pounds what i'm saying <laughs> that was like you know and i'm i'm surprised again with tamara like you say because tamara kind of is good at like owning that comedy and i felt like she was doubting herself a little bit because the accent wasn't there and dd maybe wasn't as strong to play against or play with um but she she killed it for me when she bounced out that body bag with that chuffing hell i was there and i think for me this was my favorite scene it was mad it was was ridiculous it was irrelevant it was just two drag queens not knowing what to do with each other and frying around cow pats like i mean you know it's comedy gold this is the bafta worthy moment for me of the week was it really i really okay. enjoyed it i like when drag race is stupid and i loved kate and ginger yeah. and i think it's a really good scene but tamara's energy i just i love it it's really infectious to me and when someone's enjoying it I can't help but love it. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. And she looked like she should have been, she should have been playing the head bitch in a prison drama set in Australia with that kitten wig. Like Why she didn't had they that... do Bad Girls? That bad Girls, exactly. Yeah, yeah, agree. I think she I'm didn't... tainted because I've never seen Pole Dark. I have no idea what it's about. Like, right. so I couldn't, comp- I have no idea what they were talking about. But they did make, <laughs> I'm glad, so I'm glad you didn't ask my opinion on that. But then Emmerdale... I'm, I was never allowed to watch Emmerdale because it was my mum's favourite soap and I'm a talker. So I was banned from the room from watching it. And she used to watch it and then phone and talk to her friend Diane. And then when Diane died, she stopped watching Emmerdale. And she hasn't watched it in, I think she's been dead like 10 years now. And I say to my mum, and you'll find this when you do your tarot reading, Charlie, <laughs> Diane's desperate yeah. to know what's happening in Emmerdale. And my mum will go, uh, well... She'll go down there to see her. And she'll be like, what's going on? Mum will be like, stop watching. I'm glad that Drag Race is bringing out this childhood job yeah. for you, babe. You're having, the full, <laughs> you're having the full Queen's experience right now. Like, Aaron's just giving baby, us a mirror moment. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this for me. I love this for me. I mean, and I, she gave I... me this dress, so this is why I'm wearing it. <laughs> I did not love the Femmerdale scene. I was in full body cringe until Tamara got out of the body bag. Then I thought the physical comedy was good. And then I thought they absolutely ran out of road and just kept throwing things at each other. And they, like, had the the slaps, they had the best slaps though. They had the best They had the slap. For sure. Yeah. They had the best 100%. Slaps. <laughs>
Just a reminder that Sissy That Pod is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And if you would like to support the show because you've been enjoying the RuPaul's Drag Race UK content this season, you can do over on headstuffpodcast.com. Head over there for up to five euro a month. You can support the show, get access to all our bonus content, including upcoming episodes on Dragula Season 5 and Canada Season 4, as well as all the back catalogue of international franchises you can find there. If you are a supporter of the show and there's a season that I haven't covered, please let me me know and i'll happily cover it for you while we're here if you have a podcast idea that you think people would like to listen to then headstuff are actually running a competition at the moment headstuff is ireland's premier podcast network and they're looking for fresh talent to be part of a new pilot series the competition is called join the cast and it's simply your chance to win a fifty thousand euro record deal for your own podcast series It could be a similar reaction TV podcast. Maybe you have a really compelling story you want to tell. Or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with some of your friends with a unique perspective. This is exactly what this competition is for. If you listen to a lot of podcasts and always wanted to bite the bullet, then this is the competition for you. Simply send your podcast pitch to headsofpodcast.com before November 19th. And you could be in with a chance. Best of luck. Okay, onto the runway. Um, Joel Domus, interesting guest. Do we find him attractive? Uh, yeah. Sorry, was, was that meant to be a trick question? Guys, yeah. Guys, yeah, he's fucking hot. And he was in a bright pink suit and he was punning his way through the whole episode and the time of his life. I think it's it's one of those moments where you get a judge and you're like, are they really here for the drag or are they here because it's a gig? You know what I mean? And like... I, I, I think he thoroughly had a great time and I think he enjoyed all the, the outfits and the camp humour of the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I liked him as a guest judge. Yeah, it was cool. It was cute. I liked him as a guest judge, but I was more surprised. It's not exactly who I expect to be on the show. Like, no, like I do I like him. I think he's attractive, but he's not normally like... Normally, it's either like someone who's engaged in queer culture or somebody who gays lust after. And I didn't have him down as either, really. But maybe a lot of gays watch The Mass Singer. I don't know. Oh, is that what he does? Oh, what does Joel Domit not do? Look, as you know, I love to see another male comedian succeed in a field that I would like to go through but Joel Thomas doing everything he does Survivor he's doing um, this he's doing the Mark Singer he's probably friends with Nicole Scherzinger has he ever seen a drag show I don't know but it's probably nice that this is his first isn't it look we're just bringing in a new audience Um, Joel is great though like he's a really really good comedian I remember seeing his live shows just before like he got signed for it was I'm a celebrity I think was his big moment wasn't it and like he is really funny is it an odd choice yeah but you know he gave it everything good for him and he really is hot in Survivor Jesus it's not fair it's distracting and I think you should be fine for being too damn attractive I was like are we not meant to be finding Joel hot am I why am I I being tripped up by Keen in this moment what's going on yeah it's not it's a simple question simple answer I I didn't know he was considered that hot but come on like comedians can be hot like Russell Howard is hot like he's hot (laughs) Russell Howard yes obviously as human beings they're awful you don't want to be around them they are not perfect partners but He's got that classic thing of body of Baywatch, face of crime watch. Who? Russell Howard. Russell Howard. Yeah. No, it's not a cute nerdy face. I love that this is what we've ended up debating about. I'm here for the drag queen. What's going on? I'm sorry. We're just pervy man at this point. Sorry. Okay, let's cut that out. That won't make me edit. (laughs) 
<laughs> or if it is, it'll be edited so that our accents were perfect and we didn't perk at all. <laughs> okay, Pajamarama was the runway. First up was Michael Maruli with his black lingerie, pink tulle dressing gown, streaky makeup, booze and fags and the hair, inspired by a Geordie gal lady. Um, I really like the character to this. I, I think, uh, was it Sister Sister did a, a similar one in season two, but I suppose she was Scouse, had the kind of rollers in her hair, but that real sort of like night after a night out sort of outfit that I think was really good to put character in. And I liked it. Yeah, I like seeing my mum represented on Drag Race and this really did that for me. It was a real watching Emmerdale moment. Um, it was fun to see her, like, M- Michael Murley's not afraid to be ugly, but, like, sexy at the same time. And I think that's really, like, quite fun and liberating with drag as well. Like, not at all attached to, I've got to be the prettiest and will, like, really hit the comedy home. You get real range, don't you? You don't know what she's going to walk down the runway in. And that is, that is exciting, actually. Yeah, because it's only that kind of more, like, avant-garde, spiky, Canary Islands queen vibe that Michael Murray's been rocking a lot on the runway. And then we had that mad black heart moment on last week's runway that was pretty cool and very, very different, um, which had the best reveal ever, which was the hand reveal. And I don't know how much you <laughs> chatted about that last week, but still, of all time, for me, captures fringe reveal, and then those hand reveals are the best of all time. And um, Michael... <laughs> I love this. This was um, the tart with a heart moment. And again, it's that representation of British camp drag humour that I love to see on this show. Yeah. And people around the world are probably like, what the fuck are they? What is this? You know what I mean? And it's like, but we get it because we know those women. I don't know your mum personally, but I feel like I do after this podcast. So now, there we go. Man. And Michael's <laughs> helped that. <laughs> oh. Caramel was up next with um, a wig, with a long shoulder length wig with rollers in it, which... I don't think I've ever seen rollers down before, which is quite striking. A purple lame uh, dressing gown with sort of a gold glitter trim, which she revealed into her banging body with black lingerie. Rue called it Louis the Fourteenth meets Tony Braxton. That was which good. I thought was fun, and tried to get try, and I tried to think of a pun mixing the two of them and the best thing I could think of was unchop off my head <laughs> oh my god that's good that okay, was thank good you. that was very good <laughs> thank you oh my god uh, you and whoever wrote that other joke for Rudas of the pay rise today <laughs> uh, Charlie what did you think of this yeah I mean she looked luxurious she looked expensive she looked stunning she is gorgeous and it's very much on brand for caramel and i think she just she exudes that american confidence you know what i mean that sometimes even the british queens that have got confidence they don't have that magic that the american sisters have and cara obviously has that and she knew it she came out on that runway and she was like i'm gonna eat these bitches up like and and she did and it gave me kind of diana ross vibes which obviously we know is like rue's icon and you're always gonna do do well with that and um, she looked great in a bit of capri purple yeah it was a great a great look it did one of going to remember forever probably not but for this episode for this runway stunning yeah i mean that was a house coat wasn't it like that she had on but i really liked the hair um and i thought it was really fun and what yeah when she unveiled into the underwear it was a real victoria's secret moment wasn't it yeah it could have almost been i mean i know it was stunning but like you say it could have been a more draggy like she could have had the curves coming up it could have had a bit of a like comedy moment but i think she goes uh... for the pure glam the pure fabulousness and uh, she does it does it really really well but sometimes it could almost be a bit more draggy 
Yeah, yeah Simone probably would have had is... the, the rollers like as a train or something like trailing behind her. Yeah. It would have been even or, longer, yeah. probably. Yeah, she is on her um, transition journey as well. So some of that, I imagine, is like her visualizing the woman that she wants to be and the woman that she is going to become. And I think obviously we're going to talk about her elimination in a bit. And I feel like she's so much still on a journey like we've talked about it before in this series how like she's not long been on hormones did she say or she's not long transitioned it was something a matter of months and I remember being like wow that's a lot that's a lot to come into this with and I think she is a hundred percent one that's maybe not my favorite right now although I think like she has been really good but she's going to turn up in an all-stars or against the world series in a couple of years she's going to be really transformed and really like elevated and I just I'm excited for that like she's definitely on a journey she seems so complete now and it's like oh yeah just wait lads because she's going somewhere Kate Butch was up next as the grey lady who had a knife in her back I I, I know Joel said it I totally agreed with him like the the way she just lay there so still for so long you know it's that sort of undercut your expectations you expected to get up and then she just kept laying there and, you're, and it kind of makes you more excited like what is she going to do next um it's what it, many know, men have get... said to me in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> what did you just lie really there undercut my expectations it was when you were just laying there doing nothing that it was best so still um i think she looked great but again I mean, this isn't going to be the most iconic look of the year no. by any stretch of the means, but um, it's definitely an improvement. Oh, this is the best she's looked. And Michelle said it. I think we all think it. And I think she was really like, oh, my God, it's the acting challenge week and that bloody pyjama runway that I know I've got this. Like, it was just the planets aligned hundred <laughs> percent. Like, finally, she was like, oh, thank God. It's not that sailor outfit. Thank God. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but I think she was right to say I found that right level between camp, stupid and glamorous. And this is this was all three of those things Look. Ray thing, yes, we've seen it before. The 1950s dressing gown, we've seen it before. But then she had her own twist on it with the knife and the dagger and the, the red bejeweled eyes. Although they were bloody wonky, those diamantes, and it was driving me slightly insane. <laughs> um, you know, she she just pulled it off. It was definitely a, a great moment for Kate. And again, she should have laid there for even longer. She should have laid there until RuPaul, or producer, was like, oh, you need to move. Like, she should have yeah. owned that moment. Like, on the whole rest of the runway on the floor like this. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah, they started to move her with that sweeping <laughs> yeah. brush. They're like... Caramel's dragging her off during the lip sync. Like, yeah. that would have been iconic. <laughs> But loved it. I'm glad that Kate's got there and I hope she carries that forward in her drag. Um, I've seen Kate loads before the show. She's one of my favourite queens and she puts on an amazing show. You know, I don't want to see her in the bottom, but she's a great lip syncer and I hope we get to see a little bit of that. Um, And she puts on an amazing show, but the fashion is something that she just needs to, she needs like her Jinx moment when Jinx finally found her groove after Drag Race and was like, hey, this is the vibe I'm going for, that kind of ginger milf. And she owns it. And I think Kate will find what that is for her. It's just not quite there yet, but we see a glimpse of it on tonight's runway. Do you think Kate just needs to be eight years older so that she is a MILF and then like that's when she'll find her groove? Like you you can be so much more attractive when you're eight years older and looking like 
all the time um, all of us thank you I love it yeah <laughs> I do, I, the, the bit that I don't get and I'm still like it's been a whole series long thing is the gaslighting of Kate is ugly Kate is yeah, ugly the whole time and I'm like I don't get it like am I not seeing it I think I said it before but it's like those scenes in Love Actually where everyone's like Martin McCutcheon is fat though you know it's like <laughs> is she I don't get it I think um, they do that to Kate because yeah. they need to bring her down a, a little bit I think they're scared of her I think they were scared quite early on of Kate and that whole Kate's not a good looking queen thing is is that little seed of doubt that they're maybe trying to plant in her because she's not she's not I mean in the confessional she is giving Wallace and Gromit character let's not lie about it but that was the jumper <laughs> choice that was her choice maybe, um, maybe it's a throwback to you know the, the Bianca Del Rio joke which is like a comedy queen basically means you're ugly I mean yeah. maybe it's some shit that. okay fine I did Ginger. love that she had a reveal that was somewhat <laughs> when she took the glasses <laughs> off and it's like some diamantes girl I'm like I love the lean into it I'm like I'm gonna give you <laughs> um, Ginger Johnson was up next in her baby Dolly Parton look polka dot dress with a pearl necklace and bunny ears that were kind of droopy this was a big fail for me I thought it looked awful I don't know what she was going for. I didn't see the bed. I didn't know what the bunny was going on. Thumbs down. Oh, no, come she on. She thought that was, was Dolly Parton. She should have called up Jolene for help. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think she went a bit kind of like panto dame. Um, you know, Ginger has that vibe of that, again, that kind of great British campsite to drag. And I think that I, I'm with you on the fact this was not her moment on this runway. And I couldn't get it out of my head when she said that she looked like she just t- kicked two rabbits up the arse and was wearing them on her feet. Like that was just stuck that she never should have said that because I could not get rid of it. I was like, oh, awkward. But I think it was, I don't think it was the worst that she's, that she's wore. I think it, it could definitely get better. It could definitely get better. We agree. (laughs) Good. The new Stonewall slogan. It could definitely get better. Great master. I I thought Ginger was being very generous tonight. Do you know what I mean? She could have come out and slayed and she thought, no, I'm going to be a good friend. I'm not going to be greedy and take four badges in a row. I'm going to let you have your moment, Kate, and I'm going to come as this little... Daddy, daddy, dearest, pedo dream in this little funny little nighty gown. And like, yeah, this is the BBC after all. This is the BBC. I just heard the words pedo dream to teenage dream by Katy Perry. And it's just really (laughs) fucked up my brain. Oh my God, it's so funny that I just sang that because I actually, I, I only thought of it after you'd said it. But I was like, with Kate, you know, that she was giving meh. She could have her own hit being like, give me, give me meh, give me meh, give me, give me meh. You can have that one for free, Kate, honey. So you think Ginger had a nicer look and she just hid it under a bushel for, for Kate? Yeah, I think she slept in it. I think, I think she took that damn thing off and then she went in some glorious... Bet Midler um, in a bathhouse type look, and um, she just slept in it. Yeah, it was Bet Mid, I would say. It was not good. Uh, also, not good, in my opinion, was Dee Dee with her zebra onesie, her long, sort of loofah style boa with plushies sewn to it. Something about this reminded me of Scaredy Cat all the way back in season one. Did she do a look with teddy bears as well? Yeah, I think she did. I it just, was one of her first, yeah. yeah. I just don't think. Maybe this is controversial. I just don't think you should do drag in a onesie. 
it shouldn't be controversial. <laughs> that's a, that's a very strong <laughs> opinion that I totally agree with. And it was giving. Um, oh, what was it when was it Megan Train Train that came? Yeah, on she came in on one day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I think the loofah thing is. I love that you used the word loofah because exactly what I was thinking. But had weird teddies kind of rammed into it, and and it didn't look like it fit very well. The onesie. Now, Didi has done like good looks in this season we know that she's made outfits for like crystal versace and i just think she had a bad week on this outfit and i think she was lucky with the result because if it had been between her and maybe somebody else and it was based on the looks like caramel's look pissed all over her look so she should have definitely been in the bottom underneath her but yeah it was it was it wasn't helped by the fact that tomorrow then came out in a bit of a similar look but yeah but I mean, like, I really feel for Dee Dee because, you know, they're like, oh, pajama-rama. And she's like, when I was a kid three days ago, my <laughs> bed was full of teddy bears. And this is what I had to make. And it's, yeah, it was, it was very glue gun challenge. But, you know, she's only 21. She hasn't had as many years on this planet to see pajamas. She doesn't know what they look like. I mean, but Aquaria was 21 when she won, like... Well, very parts of Aquaria were 21 parts of them were definitely <laughs> older um, <laughs> no I know I just I don't know why she just seems so unexperienced in life Dee Dee yeah I think look I go on no I was gonna say I wasn't a mega fan of her at the very very beginning and I thought she had a bit of a mediocre vibe dare I say it but she's actually been oh, yeah a queen that's really impressed me going forward and I actually kind of wanted to see her lip sync again because she's just done two banging lip syncs and I was like <laughs> well if she's gonna be in the bottom she's gonna come out here and swing that loof around and absolutely kill it again you know what I mean so but yeah she's definitely a bit like caramel maybe she's just got she needs some time to grow you know what I mean she's she needs time to kind of embrace her drag a bit more I think I don't want to harp on about it anymore because like, I feel bad that like, I think most people agree that they're kind of surprised that she's lasted this long and unfortunately the worst thing you can do in a re- on a reality competition show is to win or to survive over someone else and people don't deserve it and I worry how that's going to be like for her on the outside with the fans and stuff like that so I'm glad she gets more time I'm still surprised she's there um, but I suppose we'll get into that when we Nah, she keeps winning those lip syncs though. Like she's a survivor. Like every lip sync that she's she has won. But she deserved to lip sync this week as well, and she didn't even do it. So she did. What can you do? Finally, Tamara gave us a teddy bear brand panties with high high brown latex boots and a really nice blonde wig. It's you know every I feel every week it's just what's she gonna stick on her brand panties <laughs> and absolutely oh, serve yeah it's absolute it's absolute super glue slut isn't it but I just can't help but love it I just the way that the teddy on the ass bounced was perfect I know she did not plan that in any way and that was just a pure fate thing but it, it proper went to town boom 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think it looked as well. Again, I think that her being next to Dee Dee helped Tamara and hindered Dee Dee because yeah. it was like, this is what you could have won. Like, this is what you could do with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Literally, in the grabber machine, that's yes. what you could have won. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I think because she used um, uh, the palette of just kind of the brown bears, it really helped. She she paints amazingly. She wore the right color hair for it. You know, I think that she just absolutely, this could have been a bad look on another queen, but Tamara knows what to wear and knows how to wear it well. And it's one thing that's really going to keep her in good stead going forward in this competition, that she might knock out some other contenders when it comes to the runway. If she's done bad in a challenge, she might get pulled forward by her runways because they've been great the whole season. She's definitely a good fashion queen. Mm. You're right, though. She created a colour palette with those teddy bears. Yeah. I hadn't even really thought about it till you said there was a palette there. Yeah, yeah nothing's by mistake. I'm liking it more and more. Yeah, nothing's by mistake. And You're I've noticed that she's it. actually a very clever queen. And she she thinks a lot more out, I think, than we're realising. And she definitely knows that this kind of like cackling mad energy, Ruin and are eating it up. And she's just going to keep giving it because she knows it's going to work for her. But it's infectious and it makes me like her a lot more. I'm not always a fan of the kind of like gorgeous young fashion queens because I think drag's more than that. But she has more to herself. She's got layers to her drag. And I really, I think mm. she's going to, yeah, she could do great. I think she's a contender. So yeah, nothing more powerful than an underestimated <clears throat> blonde. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Charlie, you said Didi and Tamara were your favourite in the Max Challenge. So who would you have put in the bottom two? Well, I wouldn't say Didi was my favourite. I loved the scene. I enjoyed the scene. For me, I thought going into the bottom two, it was either going to be Cara versus Didi or it was going to be a Michael versus uh, Cara vibe. I thought that they were if they were going to take it on which... Yeah, I thought they were going to take it on which episode was the least enjoyable. The vibe I got from the judges and from the critiques, I just felt like they were heading towards the wag one was not their favourite. But I didn't see Michael being in the bottom. I thought they were going to do like a Cara versus Didi, like who were the weakest in the groups that were paired. Um, but yeah, I was. it was definitely, a, it's getting tough. And the reason it's getting tough is because they're all actually very good. And um, you know, when we get to this part of the competition where then they're actually all genuinely very good and have done a good good a challenge and a good runway it's so hard to pick who should be in the bottom what did you guys think of it who should have been? so not until after the untucks did i get the vibe that they liked the first one the least i think jill domit was like oh actually it was the first one and when i look back that i was like okay but up until that point i thought it was going to be dd versus tamara mm. because like the edit we got of the two of them doing that Michelle looked so pissed like I can't remember one time that you know they seemed to really mess it up so that was setting me up for those two to be in the bottom um, and then I thought maybe tomorrow will be saved I'll be Gigi versus Caramel but I did not see Caramel versus Michael coming and then when I thought about it we actually got a lot of time with Michael yeah we got a, a lot of Michael at the start and then we had the whole story about Michael and the bruise from the from the toe to the bum. Oh no, 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 no. we didn't talk from about the, the, the hole, which was one of the best lines of the night. From the heel to the yeah. hole. <laughs> <laughs> heel to the hole. There we go. Yes. Um. So we kind of got a mirror moment from Michael, and then I was like, "Oh my god, Michael's going home!" And then Karen. So I mean, I said it before. When this show surprises me, I always enjoy it, and this season has really been surprising me. They've changed up the edits in a way that has uh, kept me. On the, my, on the back foot um, so although I disagree with the judges I was glad I was surprised by it I guess I, yeah I, dis- I didn't think that either I thought they were going to do a Kate and Ginger double as well actually I thought they were both yeah. going to get a badge and it would be a winning team um, so that surprised me um, but I thought it was Tamara and Cara were going to be in the bottom two. I thought they were going to be like, oh, they were going to do a housemate versus housemate. And I'd be sat there thinking at least one of them's going to get to go and feed the cat. But <laughs> it, 
tomorrow. So you thought Dee Dee would be safe? I did, yeah. Look, I'm not, look. I want to give them both credit for their accent, but I can't uh, because they were terrible. But I felt Dee Dee tried more. Yeah, I didn't think Dee Dee was bottom actually. I don't okay. know why. I just I didn't see it. Okay, interesting. interesting. I think as well yeah. they want you to have their own very little um, Raja versus um, Carmen Carrera sexy lip sync moment. And when you suddenly realise that the song choice is that Samantha Fox song and they're both the queens are standing there in lingerie, I was like, come on, these editors, they're not stupid. I think they were trying to get them. And we haven't really had a Drag Race UK like sexy lip sync because it's not really our vibe, let's be honest, the Brits, you know. But I think that they, as it started to all piece together, I was like, okay, I think I see what they've done here like they're not silly <laughs> but can we have a moment where we can be gagged that it was samantha fox after we, was it only last week was it the week before no it was t- it was two weeks ago i think i think it was with was charlie it? yeah we when samantha i was fox. we talked about samantha fox and i was like get her on get her on and they listen <laughs> i don't want to say they're listening to us because it's filmed six months ago but I think <laughs> they predicted that i would say that and then they, maybe they suggested to me that I would want Samantha Fox. Maybe it's that insidious. Yeah, that's it's like Darren lovely. Brown stuff, isn't it? You know, yeah. where they like plant it so that you think that. Like, I really fancy Darren Brown, and then I think, do I, or has he just tricked <laughs> me into thinking that? Or is it the Drag Race great? producers have been putting the foxes outside Charlie's uh, house every Sunday <laughs> to make the noises to subliminally oh, message God. that he wants to listen to some Samantha Fox. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn him into a coat <laughs> and send him back to Rue. Not just putting in a hole. Oh my God. <laughs> But it's also a cruel thing to do to Cara. Like, she's singing a Samantha Fox. Like, she don't know what a Samantha Fox is. Do you know what I mean? And imagine the others having to try and explain that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, show us that clip from Untucked, please. Yeah. So, Cara would be like, who is this where's, girl? <laughs> where's that mirror moment? Do you know what I mean? She's a what? She's a bit like Katie Price, who? <laughs> Dora, I was going to say, she must have been shocked because it sent her absolutely flying on the runway as well, didn't it? We had our first, I think, UK trip moment where she, you know, and she... Was that a trip? Yeah, it was definitely a trip, definitely. She, But she was so professional that she was completely unshaken oh. by it, but it was 100% a one-two drop. That was the smoothest yeah, I thing I've seen. I had to go back and I was like, I don't know. And it was only because of Alan's reaction mm. that I was like, that was a trip. But honestly, I don't think you would have known that was smooth as credit to credit at flat. Because she didn't even drop face on that. No, she didn't. So, so Charlie, did you think Michael won the lip sync then? Yeah, I mean, it was, they had two very different energies about themselves. You know what I mean? I mean, Michael went into full drag, stand on the spot and point mode and go for that like aggressive, I fucking want this energy. Park and bark. Yeah, yeah, park and bark. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, Cara kind of really served the sexiness of that song. Um, I didn't think they were going to send Michael home. I think Cara could have done, she could have fallen from the roof, you know. Um, What's the the famous drag queen? Oh my god, I feel terrible. You know, she did the split on oh, the roof. Yeah, you know the one about the one. Man's daughter. That's it. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. I think Cara could have done that, and she probably still would have sashayed away because they weren't going to send Michael home. But then I felt that about Vicky the week before, um, and the week before that with oh my god, what's why can't I get Banksy? And to be honest, I felt it with Caramel. I didn't think yeah. they were going to send Caramel home. No. So who knows? I don't know. I felt like they were. Her her light was dimming slightly as the weeks were going on, and I think that she wasn't performing as well in challenges as some of the other queens were. It's tricky now. I think that it was going to be between for me, Didi or Cara going home this week because I feel like the other queens are just that little bit stronger or have that little bit extra. Yeah, 
Who do you think is not going to make it to the top four then? Edie. And? Oh, sorry, top three. Oh, I think we'll probably have. Uh, I think we're going to have. I think they might send Kate home. I don't know why. I've just got this feeling that she's kind of only got one badge. They The fashion is letting her down a little bit. So it might be Tamara, Michael and Ginger. I don't know. It's, um, I think Tamara will be up there. And I think Ginger's doing great. Yes. Uh, I think any queen could put a foot wrong and go. I feel like this season there isn't massive front runners. How are you guys feeling about it? I think what is going to happen is um, it's going to be Dee Dee, Kate, and then they're going to bring back Banksy. That's, that's what I think <laughs> is going to happen. And all of the others will be gone. <laughs> no, I had to say something else, Charlie, because I completely agreed with you. And I didn't want the listeners at home to think, oh, look, they've got an expert in now and Aaron's just copying him. Uh, they th- they'll, they'll be thinking I've got an earpiece in next week if I say anything smart. <laughs> So I think I can be on tap. You just let me know. Michelle, the, Michelle, the voice visage is going to win. Finally, it's her time. She's served all season. And then Joel Domit will come back next week. He's seen drag now. He knows what it is. And yeah. he's going to do Joella Dom Het. <laughs> Dom Het. That's a great name. Dom I just Hett, came up with that. Great name. Very good. Very good. There we go. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my God, thank you so much. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you. It's very lovely to be back here talking about drag with the real drag experts. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll I'll send you money for that endorsement. Where can people find your great work with memes and (laughs) My meme work. Oh my God, my meme work's been in full swing this season and the the official account's actually been really lovely and actually liked a few of them and retweeted them, which is lovely. And I finally found my way back on their Instagram and it's not that bloody setter aside every fucking 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) Not bitter at all. Um, So yeah, no, you can find me at at RPDRUK fans on X, formerly known as Twitter, or Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me on there and it's Charlie Slades is the username on X or Twitter. Okay, next week is the Makeover Challenge. They're making over people who work on Switchboard. I love when they do more community engagement, stuff like this. I think Canon is really good for this and I'm glad that the UK are going this way. Yeah, I feel like they're doing... I feel like this series they've really gone hmm, what other things can we shine a light on I also love like it sounded like someone is going to be made up into Alexandra Burke did Ginger not say there's an <laughs> elephant in the room is Alexandra Burke coming back Is my? It, it, this is what I asked for right I, is, is she teasing me don't don't play with me You you if you say there's going to be an elephant there better be an elephant will <laughs> okay will d- dot com <laughs> elephant.com alexandra burke's website uh <laughs> the will dd the cockroach survive another week will you know <laughs> not cockroach because Look, of her survivability point, not a, not any comment on her or her aesthetic no i think we should start thinking about sending her in to like buildings that are being demolished to save um victims like getting people out of rubble like i think there are there are things she should be the first person to go onto mars to inhabit it because she, she cannot be stopped no she will survive absolutely so let's find out if she does one more week next week join us back next week sister probably back next friday morning until then have a lovely week we shall see you love you bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. 
Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.